Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our interactive daily broadcast where trusted leaders bring insights and analysis to the issues from a biblical perspective. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get biblical answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Richard Harris. Hello, everybody. This is Richard Harris, and this is the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. Uh, so glad to have you watching today. Really, I'm so excited about today's program. I know I always say that, but I really am today. Uh, I've got a really special guest uh, off for the program today, and we're just going to, I know we're going to have a great conversation. Uh, so be ready to call in with your questions today. You know, our live call-in number is uh, on the screen. It's 719 619 one and uh, you want to go ahead and call in and get in line so you can be sure to get your question answered today. Uh, it's going to be awesome. We, I want to pose this question to you guys as we get started here today. Why is it that the Republicans have such a hard time winning elections? Um, I, you know, you remember last year in uh, 2022 when it was supposed to be a red wave and we barely eked out control of the House of Representatives and didn't win the Senate and everything else seemed to go sideways. Why did that happen? You know, what's going on inside the Republican Party? And uh, so if, if you're curious about that subject or anything biblical or cultural, any questions at all, uh, please feel free to call in today. So we We'd love to hear from you. My very special guest today is uh, Heidi Ganahl. And Heidi uh, is an amazing individual. She actually was the Republican nominee for governor in the state of Colorado last year. So we had a governor's race here and Heidi was the Republican nominee. And uh, she's got an amazing resume. I'll just tell you a little bit about her. Heidi is the founder of a company that many of you probably have heard of. It's called Camp Bow Wow, where you get to take your dog and uh, get them all taken care of and she can tell us all about it. I've never gone there, but uh, I know millions of people have. She's an entrepreneur, a thought leader. She served as a member of the Board of Regents for the uh, University of Colorado here in the state and is just a real champion for family values, for common sense uh, reform, for education and an advocate for women and children. And I'm just really honored to have Heidi on the show today. Heidi, thank you so much for coming on the program. Oh, I'm so blessed and honored, Richard. Thank you for having me. I'm so proud of all the work you guys do, and I'm excited to have a great conversation. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, yeah, so it's, what are we at now, Heidi? This is uh, mid-July, so you've had about, you know, nine months or something maybe to, to heal up from that campaign last year. And uh, I just would love the, uh, for our viewers to get the benefit of kind of hearing your perspective about that whole experience. And I know we could, we could probably talk for hours about it, you know, um, uh, when the, when the campaign began, you know, uh, a, a lot of people were like, well, Heidi Ganahl, I've heard of her, but what does she stand for? What's, you know, is she really conservative? And, you know, I remember getting to know you and everything. And, and I was just really impressed actually, and thought you were a great candidate. Um, and, uh, you know, you had some tough opposition in the primary and you rose above that. You didn't get 
uh, nasty or vicious or anything like that, but you stuck to your guns, you pulled it out. And I thought you ran a great campaign statewide against Jared Polis, who of course has millions of dollars at his disposal and uh, the entire backing of the Democratic Party. And um, you know, the results at the ballot box, they weren't what you wanted or we wanted or pretty much anyone I know wanted. <laughs> but, um, but you could hold your head high knowing that you did a good job and you ran a, ra uh, a good race. But, but now here we are these many months later and I'd like to just kind of open things up by sort of asking you uh, sort of what did you observe? What, what kind of lessons did you take away? Uh, you know, first I think about the condition of Colorado, uh, just this state, you know, we used to be red here, uh, so to speak, it used to be reliably Republican, not maybe not as conservative as, as some places, but uh, not deep, deep blue California style Democrat crazy radical progressive uh, stuff that we are just uh, up to our eyeballs in now. So what what did you learn about your beloved home state of Colorado? Well, I'm I'm sorry to say it's not good news. Colorado has changed for the worse. I've lived here since 1978, and um, you know I consider Colorado land of the free, the wild, wild west, the new frontier, a place where we appreciate rugged individualism and we respect each other. But what I saw on the ground as I traveled the state and went to, of course, all 64 counties and met amazing people um, all over Colorado. People are really sad. They're feeling upset about this, the state of Colorado and what's happening to our children, what's happening to our farms, our ranches, our energy workers. Our downtown Denver is a mess. Um, if you've been to a Rockies game or any of the games lately, it's just, uh, it's devastated. And so people are really um, on edge, anxious, and feeling like Colorado has lost its way. And I think the, the most important lesson I took away was the media tells a very different story about what's happening in Colorado. And that's not what I heard on the ground. That's not what I heard from parents. It's not what I heard from people across the rural parts of Colorado. They're all very aware of what's going on, but the media doesn't want to talk about it. Jared Polis and the Democrats don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to keep talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to let these people down. I continue to be a warrior for um, the folks that feel unheard across our state. Yeah, I mean, Colorado, you know, I, I've lived in this amazing state for uh, about 12 years. Um, before that, I came from uh, Oklahoma. And I, my perception of Colorado, like most people, was from postcards and movies and a few ski trips, right? And I thought, uh, you know, it's beautiful there. It's like almost idyllic and all this, you know, sort of thing. And, and the natural beauty, it, it is that way. But the culture of the state has really taken a a turn downward, hasn't it? It's no longer, um, you know, sort of that idyllic atmosphere. Uh, just take schools, for example, Heidi, the condition of our public schools here in the state. It seems like everything here has gone for the worse because of the radical leftist ideology that has taken over. Uh, beginning with the governor's mansion and Jared Polis and then the hard left uh, folks that now run the legislature. What, what's happened to our schools? Just talk about that for a second. Oh, it just makes me so angry. Um, and, I, and I actually personally moved my children from Boulder Valley School District down to Douglas County a few years ago and put them in a small private Christian school because I was so upset about what I saw happening up in Boulder. Now, most 
bad social issues, things that happen in Colorado start in Boulder, unfortunately, because they're so far left. And my kids were learning about the, the uh, woke stuff back five, six years ago, and it, nobody was really paying attention yet. And so obviously I pay very close attention to education as a regent and on the boards of several education focused um, organizations. And what's happening now is they are stripping rights away from parents and they are deciding that they know better, whether it's the administrators or the government officials running the schools than the parents do and the families do. And parents are starting to wake up. I know on the campaign trail, I was called a mom on a mission, but what I, what I was doing was really telling the stories that I was hearing from parents and families and children across Colorado. 60% of our kids in Colorado cannot read, write, or do math at grade level. We have one of the highest teen suicide rates in the country, one of the highest drug addiction rates for kids in the country here in Colorado. Those three things are a disaster in the making. And it breaks my heart that that is not our number one priority, that in every debate I did with Jared Polis, the number one thing we should have been talking about was our children. And I got laughed at when I would say, why, why isn't this a priority? Oh, stop talking about mom's stuff. We've got other things to talk about. I said, if our kids are not okay, nothing is okay. Mm. You know, that's amazing. You just said that 60% of the school kids in Colorado are not at grade level in reading math and science. Um, you know, the left is, uh, they're so adamant and proud of, uh, they're always saying, you know, putting teachers out there and, and proud of teachers and, and this kind of thing and claiming that teachers are for the kids. But I believe personally, that America's public schools uh, have been taken over by radical Marxist philosophy and ideology and that it is not, leave it to Beaver out there, it is not the America that we grew up in anymore. Um, the Colorado Teachers Union a couple of weeks ago, actually, these are the, these are the people that we have employed to educate our children in this state and I know Colorado is not alone in this actually passed a resolution saying that capitalism should be dismantled because it's the source of oppression in our society. Did you hear about that resolution and, and uh, uh, you, uh, do you agree with what I'm saying? I did hear about that and I am a free market warrior. I mean, I built my whole life around a business for dogs, but also for people and have been the beneficiary of the American dream. I, I came from nothing. I grew up in Monument, Colorado. I was a small town kid who made it big in the business world. And I'm able to give back now because of that success. And um, free markets and free enterprise capitalism is one of the gifts that America has given to the world. And if it goes away here, I am terrified about what's going to happen to the rest of the world. We are the shining light on the hill. We have to continue to fight for these values and for the ability for every person in this country to have the same opportunity that I did as a kid to go out and make it big and do whatever you want to do with your life. And I see it slipping away. That's one of the reasons I'm staying involved and engaged and won't give up on this fight. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, folks, you're watching today. My special guest is Heidi Ganahl, the Republican nominee for governor last year in the state of Colorado. And uh, what I what I'm wanting to do today is is just open up an opportunity for you to hear from Heidi and the things that she learned in her campaign for governor. And I, I think that Colorado, uh, you know, it's a, we've got about five and a half million people or so in our state. So we're we're not as big as California, bigger than many states. But I think what's happening here, what has 
has gone on here is actually happening all over America and that we're just a little bit further down the road than many places. And, um, and I think the whole country would do well to sit up and take notice of what the liberals have done here in Colorado so that we can stop it from happening uh, elsewhere. So if you're watching today and you've got questions for Heidi, please call in. The number is 719-619-2341, or it can be about any subject, uh, Bible questions or anything else. Uh, we'd love to hear from you today. Well, Heidi, um, we talked about schools. Um, you know, there's something that originated, I think, if I'm right, it originated in, again, Boulder, Colorado, and it's called the Queer Endeavor. Um, and I'm sure you know about that, having served as a board of regent, you know, and, and all this and your, your activities in the campaign last year, but it is now in all of the public schools across this state. And uh, am I wrong in saying that this is a, an intentional uh, uh, strategy to indoctrinate our children in this state with radical LGBT ideology? Well, funny enough, not funny, but uh, that's what led us to move out of Boulder Valley School District um, because um, that curriculum was put into our kids' elementary school, and um, we weren't told about it. We weren't um, able to talk to our children about it. We were that was taken away from us as parents. And so one week, um, we got a notice that they were doing an anti-bullying program. My twins were in first grade. I think my older one was in third grade, and. You know, you get a lot of notices like that. It's like, all right, whatever. Um, but then some of those families started picking up on our kids' conversation about some videos they were being shown that um, it was actually mean to assume that another friend of yours was a boy or girl and that um, you could identify or be whatever you wanted to be. And this was a, at the beginning of the, these conversations. This was five or six years ago. So we all kind of scratched our head like, what? And they were watching these videos with puppets telling the kids this. And then they um, decided to have a play on that Friday that represented a bird getting a sex change operation. Now, this is through K through 12, an elementary school. And parents were just so upset about it and thought, many parents, not all of them. And so many of us went to the principal and said, why were we not able to opt out of this? Or why didn't you give us a heads up so we could have these very sensitive conversations with our children? about what you're you're talking about and they said it's it's absolutely not appropriate to have to alert you this is um part of our health education and if you don't like it find another school mm -hmm. and so i started on an effort to open a charter school up there an ascent classical charter school part of the hillsdale college models and uh we had 700 kids signed up for the school went in front of the school board and they turned it down mm -hmm. and we were protested and told we were mean and and inappropriate and uh, all we wanted was the chance to raise our children with the values that we believe in and are instilled in uh, you know in our families and have the conversations with our children not have the school administrators and teachers who had had this training talk behind our back so it was very upsetting and when the school got turned down the charter school we ended up moving across town and making the decision to put our kids in private school which i want every parent in colorado to have the chance to do Right. Uh, parents ought to have the ability to send their kids to the school that works best for their child, shouldn't they? That's right. And especially with the explosion of micro schools, homeschooling, lots of new different options. I call it the great escape from government schools. Like we've got to make a dramatic effort to give parents other options. 
especially if they can't afford a private school. I mean, I'm very blessed. I've had a lot of success and, and I can afford to do that, but I want every parent to be able to do that same thing. And that's why school choice is so important. So the parents of faith, parents that just don't agree with what's going on in the schools can make a different decision for their children. And parents really have to be the, the bottom line for deciding when these conversations take place with our kids. Well, Colorado made headlines again in a bad way uh, a couple weeks ago um, uh, in the case before the United States Supreme Court called 303 Creative. Did you hear about that decision from the Supreme Court? I did. I did. And I am a free speech warrior and I, I am very... Um, I'm very concerned about the attacks on free speech. And it's something I saw firsthand at the University of Colorado as a regent. Um, kids came to me, teachers came to me, parents came to me talking about how they were shut down, they couldn't have discussions, couldn't have debate in the classroom. And so I think this is a good sign that people are aware that this is an important issue and that um, free speech is um, just essential to our democracy, to who we are in America. Yeah, well, thank God for the Supreme Court that they upheld the free speech rights of Lori Smith, the owner of 303 Creative in that case. But, you know, there's another case out of Colorado, very similar, the Jack Phillips matter, where uh, you have a Christian cake artist who uh, some homosexuals come in and say they want him to custom design a cake to celebrate their gay wedding. And he respectfully told them that his conscience wouldn't allow him to celebrate that because in, in according to the Bible, that was, um, that was something that God called an abomination. Now, Jack didn't use those words, but you know, uh, it, the, the state of Colorado has gone after Jack Phillips. He's in his third case now trying to fight against that tyranny. Lori Phillips' case did make it all the way to the Supreme Court, and we're hopeful that it'll result in um, Jack's case being resolved as well. But what is going on in, in this state, and what is it about the LGBT ideology that thinks that they have to uh, uh, infringe on other people's freedom of conscience and freedom of speech? Well, I would suggest that it's the extremists in that movement. Um, you know, I, I, there are some very dear, wonderful people in that movement that respect um, the differences and the conversations that we have about it. But um, there is a very intentional effort to tear our families apart and to um, not us, allow us to practice our faith as Christians. And 64% of Coloradans consider themselves Christians. And I believe if we voted on our faith, um, on our values, that we would win every election. Um, um, and so I think that it's a very intentional effort. Our governor is one of the leaders of that effort. The changes he's made in parents' rights and health education and just very subtle behind the scenes, they try and do it um, by moving the, they call it the Overton window, but by moving incremental change over many years. And this has been two decades of this change since they started the blueprint here in Colorado, which is for billionaires, um, one of which was very upset about the de a decision made in the in the legislature about gay marriage back then. And they took it upon themselves to make a very intentional effort to flip Colorado blue. And they've been very successful at that. They have every lever of control in the state. So I think we've got to recognize that this is not accidental. It's intentional. This is a war on families. This is a war on faith. And Christians need to stand up and get in the fight and speak up, um, get involved and vote. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, you're listening to Heidi Ganahl, former well uh, Republican nominee for governor in 2022 here in state of Colorado. And we're talking about the um, Colorado. If you want to know where your state is headed, if you don't stand up, uh, just look here. Right. Uh, Colorado is I think it has turned almost as um, hard left, uh, deep blue, if you will, or communist, whatever you want to call it, as California. We, we have some of the most radical policies in the nation here, including abortion, for example. Um, Colorado already, before Roe versus Wade was overturned, allowed abortion up until birth. Uh, but the legislature wasn't satisfied with that. And last session, they passed, I think, what is the most uh, pro-abortion measure in the entire nation, probably one of the most uh, pro-death uh, laws in the entire world, in my opinion, where they allow abortion up to and in the process of labor and delivery. Until the child is actually successfully delivered, the baby can be killed uh, intentionally by the doctor and nothing can be done about it. The law says that an unborn child has no rights or standing whatsoever under the law. And um, so Colorado has now become an abortion tourist state, Heidi. I'm sure you know about that, but some stats came out recently uh, showing that abortions now in Colorado are the highest since 1984, I think. Um, so once again, you know, uh, uh, we see the radical agenda here at work in Colorado. So, so I want to shift gears and just kind of talk about where do we go from here? You ran as the Republican nominee. What's the state of the Republican Party in Colorado? How is the party here? Is it strong? Is it weak? Is it divided? What did you see? Well, I saw a lot of division, but I'm very hopeful, actually. Um, people are upset. They're ready for change. And it, sometimes it takes, you know, kind of hitting rock bottom before you can get better. And I met amazing patriots all over Colorado who want to do the right things and get back on track and are willing to put their time, their talent, their treasure into that process. So one of the things I'm doing right now is really helping grassroots groups, grassroots conservative groups around the state get organized, become more professional, grow, be more effective, that has to include the churches though. I mean, pastors, I encourage pastors to stand up and be brave and um, don't be shy about speaking up about how important it is for their congregations to get engaged in this battle, which is why I'm so proud of the work that you do with Truth and Liberty. You were extremely effective in this last election and I think you make a huge difference in Colorado. So one of, that's one way we can do it. We've also got to figure out how to get our message through over the liberal media. The media in Colorado is so crazy far left. You would do an interview for an hour with a reporter, talk all about policy, and the headline would read, election denier. I'm like, wait, we didn't even talk about that. And um, yeah. it just they're part of the cabal, I call it. And so we have to build our own messaging systems and our own way of getting our word out, just like this podcast and this discussion we're having, if people could share it and start to create conversations on social media, in their communities, in their next door. Um, this is going to take us being the messengers, citizen journalists across the state, being brave and forward and getting those keyboards going uh, so that we can interact and get above, rise above the liberal media here. 
Yeah, that's absolutely right. I appreciate what you're saying so much, Heidi. I think that uh, the church um, does have a long ways to go in terms of recognizing its responsibility and actually, actually getting involved, getting engaged in not just politics, but all kinds of cultural matters. Um, as we're watching our nation sort of disintegrate around us, or it has that, that feeling, and uh, that responsibility, you know, I think rests right on the doorstep of the church, um, uh, as we're the ones that are called to be salt and light to our nation. Um, have you uh, been able to develop um, a network of you know, concerned Christians here in the state, and do you think that we're moving in the right direction? I do think we are, and a lot of that work you've you've been on the front lines of with Truth and Liberty. Um, but I visited over a hundred churches um, in the general election of the campaign that was part of our outreach, and I saw an amazing uprising of Christians um, across the state ready to get into this battle. They just don't know how sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I would say start with your church's cultural impact team. If you don't have one, think about creating one. I know you guys have some very good guidelines on how to do that. Have the courage to speak up to your pastor, to your fellow um, Christians, and encourage them to speak up. Have just a, a coffee at your house once a month, and you'll start to get more and more people that will show up and speak out. Start with parents. Parents are very upset about what's happening to our children right now. We are also a trans-tourism state. You can get elective surgery as a child coming in from out of state that mutilate your body and that's okay now in Colorado. It's just terrible what's happening. So I think we've got a lot of work to do as Christians. We've got to do a lot better uh, job at organizing and speaking up and not being shy or upset when we're attacked. One, my pastor um, a couple weeks ago did a sermon about how silly it was that we were surprised when we got opposition to our <laughs> faith and our yeah our beliefs. He's like, why is that a surprise? That's who we are. That's what we've been through for thousands of years. And so don't be um, surprised by it, engage in it and be ready for battle and, you know, train for it. Don't just try to get involved, train for it every day, get better and better to go into this cultural battle we're in as Christians. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. Well, uh, so Heidi, we've got about three minutes left before our first break. I want to remind everybody, uh, we're, we'd like to hear from you today. If you've got questions about um, anything that you're hearing today or maybe what's going on in your state, uh, please call in. The number is 719-619-2341. This is Heidi Ganahl, the Republican nominee for governor here in the state of Colorado. And Heidi, I, I, with a couple minutes left, we can maybe get into this and then pick it up again after the break. But I, I'd like for you to share your experience dealing with Republican Party leadership, uh, both at the national level and perhaps the state level. You don't have to name names or anything like that. <laughs> but, but I'm understanding that it was a bit challenging for you to get the kind of backing support and coordination uh, that you needed to uh, run a successful campaign. What can you tell us about that? Oh, goodness. It was shocking to me. I've always been, you know, one that supported the party, whether it was state or national. The RNC didn't show up to help. The RGA, Republican Governors Association, did very little to help us. The Colorado GOP, we didn't get a dollar from the Colorado GOP and very little help on the, the coordination side. 
the county GOPs. Um, their job should be to help elect candidates. And we got eight donations out of the 64 counties, and they were the smallest counties in the state. So it's very backwards right now. So we've got to start with basic blocking and tackling and getting back to community organizing. The Democrats are so good at it in Colorado. And we have to start from scratch and start in our own precincts and start in your neighborhood and get involved, get engaged, and just do that. And if we all do that, we'll rise up from the bottom. We'll, we'll elect good leadership in our precincts, in our counties, in our state, um, on the Republican Party side, and be effective again. And I'm very hopeful we can do that. We've got some great people right now that are engaging and um, kind of helping to revamp the party. But we've also got a battle against some establishment folks who don't want that to happen. So it's it's bizarre, it's crazy, but we're all on the same page at the end of the day. We all want what's best for Colorado and for our children. So that's where my hope lies. Well, so we heard uh, after the disappointing results last cycle, we heard that it was the abortion issue that made the difference and, and, and yada, yada, yada. So when we come back, we've got a break coming up. When we come back, I wanna get Heidi's perspective on the abortion issue in the 2022 race uh, and uh, on some other matters. Call in now with your questions, 719-619-2341. Uh, here on the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show with our very special guest, Heidi Ganahl, and uh, we'll be back in about 90 seconds. We are the antidote for what's happening in this world. But you need to see beyond the physical, and I believe that the greatest days of the church are ahead. God has a word for you, God has a plan for you, and God is raising up an army that knows how to fight the right fight the right way. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth and Liberty and become a member today. This is a godly nation. It was founded upon godly principles. God is calling us to rebuild His house so that He can manifest His glory in the midst of a corrupt and pagan world. I would argue that America has been more prosperous, more successful than any other nation because we've done more in reading and applying the Bible. It is the history for Christians to speak out and to make a difference in this nation. All right, we're back here on the Truth and Liberty Live Calling Show. Thank you guys for watching today. I'm having an amazing conversation with Heidi Ganahl. Uh, before we dive back into our conversation, I wanted to just uh, touch base with everybody who's watching about the Truth and Liberty Conference. It's uh, right around the corner, really. We're in July and the conference is in September, so make your plans now to come out. It's gonna be an awesome time. Uh, we are going to have um, a, uh, this is the first time I'm saying this, I think on the air, but. We're 
we're going to have a, a premiere uh, performance of a new drama called Overturned that is going to be uh, commemorating and celebrating the overturn of Roe versus Wade. It's going to be a compelling, powerful drama. Plus, we've got amazing speakers. Uh, uh, Andrew Womack, of course, is going to be sharing. David Barton, Chad Connolly, Lucas Miles, uh, Janet Porter, uh, Muhammad Faridi. And then we're going to have some amazing workshops and dozens of exhibitors, organizations that are going to be present where you can learn, uh, get equipped, and uh, get plugged in to start making a difference or even making more of a difference in our culture and in our community. So sign up today for the free Truth and Liberty Conference, September 7, 8, and 9. All right, well, we're here again with Heidi Ganahl, our special guest today. And we were talking about Heidi's experience running for governor in the state of Colorado. And Heidi was sharing, you were sharing a little bit before the break about uh, the Republican Party uh, and how you didn't uh, receive the kind of support that maybe you uh, were expecting. And, and my, my question for you is, um, is that because of what a lot of conservatives might call rhino leadership? In other words, Republicans uh, of a lot of influence at the top who think that social issues really aren't that important and they lean more towards financial issues and things like that. And so they don't really get behind the same agenda that, uh, that we're supporting. Did that have anything to do with it? You know, I, I'm not sure, Richard. I think um, our leader of the Republican Party, Christy, you know, is very concerned about the social issues and, and wasn't shy about speaking out about them. But I think it came down to resources. Um, the leadership of the party didn't have, you know, a lot of money to put out, to deploy out into the candidates' coffers and didn't have a lot of money to push back on the messaging that was being put out by the Democrats. As an example, in my race, Polis, Jared Polis put in $33 million into the governor's race, and I had $3 million. And what does that look like in the race? It looks like a barrage of TV and digital ads in the final weeks of the campaign. It looks like him putting $3 million into the primary race so that I would lose. I didn't, but he tried. It looks like huge color flyers dropping in every mailbox, four or five of them a day for two weeks before the election. So money matters in elections. We've got to get better at fundraising. And the, the folks who have resources in Colorado that care about Christian values and conservative values, we need your help. We need you to invest in building our movement here. And then finally, the ground game. Um, we have some very passionate people across the state, but the Republican Party was not effective at all. I mean, the leadership of the RNC and the GOP here in Colorado at organizing um, on the ground. And the Democrats have a machine here. I think they had over 4,000 paid people on the ground um, to help them door knock, ballot harvest, call, collect, you know, information on voters. So it comes down to money, message, and movement. And we talked about the messaging uh, problem with the media, but the GOP, you know, if they had money and resources, they could have helped with that too. So it was a lot of different things, but I think we can do far better. There are many states that have a very effective Republican organization. Uh, take Florida. I mean, they were very instrumental in helping DeSantis get reelected by a huge margin. So there are models that we can use from around the country to help us get better. Well, that's a 
fascinating answer. I, I could go all sorts of different directions with that. I do want to ask you about something, though. We've got some calls coming in now. Lines are still open, folks, so call in, 719-619-2341. Uh, but before we uh, go to questions, I want to ask you about the abortion issue, because one of the things I heard was that, you know, Roe versus Wade was overturned by the United States Supreme Court, and the, the Democrats just spent millions and millions, I don't know, 200 to 300 million dollars nationwide uh, advertising, um, telling people that Republicans wanted to take their rights away and that that made the difference in turnout and that and that on the Republican side, the leadership, instead of um, uh, telling candidates across the nation to stand firm and, and send a positive pro-life message, which has proven to work time and time again. Uh, they said, stay away from abortion. Don't talk about abortion. In fact, the, 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 um, the United States Senate nominee in the state of Colorado was someone who's, uh, who really, uh, you know, I think he said publicly that he would codify Roe versus Wade. In other words, he would make Roe law, Roe that just got overturned. And, uh, and do you think that the Republican approach on that issue uh, caused voter turnout of the conservative base to be weakened? What did, you, uh, what did you discover when you looked at the data after the election? Well, Richard, I think it was, uh, there were two different ways to look at it. One was, you know, I, I would always, pref I will always be on the right side of God, not politics. And so mm -hmm. um, I'm going to stay firm in my beliefs and, and not shy away from it. Not all candidates are like that, and I respect that. But um, I think at the end of the day, if you waffle or you give a little bit on a principle, they take it and run with it and they just beat you up with it. And so um, I think that's some of the trouble some of the candidates got in. They tried to play it both ways and tried to play middle of the road and kind of soften their stance. And the media, the liberal media and the um, operatives on the Democrat side took that and run with it, ran with it. And that that makes Republican or conservative voters not trust the candidate, but it also makes right. Voters on the other side kind of look at it like, wait, what? They're waffling. Like, why, why won't they just stand firm in their principle? And if you do that, you get the respect of people, even if they disagree with you, right? Right. I think the other thing was, um, again, the money and the, the ability to override our messaging. So the flyers that were sent out in my race actually said I was going to put women and doctors in jail and had a picture of a woman in jail. And they scared the stink out of women across Colorado that I was going to do that. And I never said anything like that. You know, I believe that as a messenger, as the governor of Colorado, I could be very effective in um, teaching people that there are other options than abortion and that there's a better way to um, care for young women or women that um, find themselves in that situation. But uh, I was shocked at the, the way that they twisted our messaging and blasted the airwaves and blasted the flyers across Colorado to insinuate that um, we were going to uh, put women and doctors in jail. So that's the angle they took. And we actually tried to file a complaint about the lies they were telling in these ads. And um, a Republican district attorney turned down the complaint and said that political free speech is much more liberal than regular free speech and they didn't want to take on that battle. And so right. there wasn't really any way to get a different message out at the last minute to counteract it. Did, did Republican leadership uh, encourage candidates to stay away from uh, the life issue? Many did, yes. 
It was a it was a big topic of conversation in the final weeks of the general. Like many were upset with me because I was standing firm and speaking out, and not afraid to whether it was in a debate with Jared Polis or um, on you know Nine News or one of the the news outlets, you know, talk about my faith and talk about my stance. And they were like, oh, just don't talk about it. I'm like, you know what? That's not who I am. And if I lose yeah. the election, I'll sleep at night knowing that I I didn't shy away from it and I stood firm. Did you did you look at the voter turnout and see uh, re, you know uh, strong conservatives uh, turnout being lower than what was expected or lower compared to uh, other groups? Yeah, we were at about 76% across the state, which you you can't win elections for the Republican Party in Colorado with that kind of turnout. Um, so a lot of Republicans felt very unsure about the election integrity. They also felt um, a lot of the candidates were rhinos or you know soft conservatives and didn't feel like they were going to fight for them or their values. And um, so I think there were some issues there, but one of the key ways that Roe versus Wade affected Colorado for the vote was um, the unaffiliated voters, about 60% turnout for the unaffiliated, about 60% of that 60% were women aged 50 to 64 that were very upset about Roe versus Wade being overturned. Gotcha. So it's something to consider as we go forward, but it certainly doesn't mean anybody should change their principles or values. Um, we can win elections based on our principles and values. Uh, we just have to get better at, um, at messaging and also about finding resources to get our message out because the media here in Colorado is so difficult to deal with and because the Democrats have so much money and such a machine here that it's very difficult for us to push back on information, disinformation or even just get our, our message out. Well, Heidi, uh, this has been really fascinating. I've enjoyed it a lot. Folks, call in today with your questions. We've got some calls. We're going to go to those now. But the number is 719-619-2341. Again, this is the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. And our special guest today is Heidi Ganahl. Why don't we go to our first caller, who's Robert in Florida. Robert, you are on the air. Thanks for calling today. Hi, Richard. Um, hi, Heidi. My question is, about the omega generation of children that would represent the future of the church. Uh, do you have any impression of how you see children um, representing the future of the church as the omega generation is what they're called? Um, an impression, any kind of thought you have. I'm, I'm curious about the future of our children too. Well, the good news is that my kids are in a small Christian private school. They have amazing friends and families that are just warriors for faith and are teaching our kids to be very brave and strong and speak out and not be shy about um, fighting the battles that face us. The bad news is that most kids are in public schools that are being given very different messages and taught a victim mentality and taught that capitalism and free markets are bad and the color of their skin defines them who they are and that their gender is fluid. They can decide what they want to do. So it's very scary right now. But, you know, we as Christians 
have been in this position many, many times in history, and it's a battle cry right now. We've got to speak up and stand up for our kids, and it starts with parents. Parents have to be really brave right now and be willing to walk out of public schools if they need to and have other options to do so, and also get your kids off the screens. The social media, the, um, the indoctrination of our children online is just terrible. I know how difficult it is to keep your kids off screens, but we have got to got to fight that battle because um, it's it's very scary what happens when we don't see what's going on on the screen in front of our children. So screens, schools, um, social media, and surround your children with good people that have a strong faith, that have good principles and values. Be very careful about who you let into your children's lives. Wow, that's good advice right there. Uh, thank you, Robert. We really appreciate you calling in today. And next, I'd like to go to Alex, who is from right here in Colorado. Alex, you're on the line. What's your question? Uh, hi, Mrs. Heidi. I was wondering, what would, if you were to run again, what would you change about your campaign? And what sort of advice was most instrumental for you if someone was to run? Oh goodness, that's a big question, two big questions. But I would suggest that um, what I would change, that's hard to say because when you're in a campaign, oh my gosh, you guys, it is so intense. And you're just, things are coming at you left and right every day. Um, and so you do the best that you can with what you're, what's put in front of you. So I would say stand strong in your principles. Don't let consultants or advisors or the media sway you and try and convince you to walk away from that or to um, soften your stances if they're important to you so that's but it's really hard to do in a lot of cases and one of the key things you should do if you want to run for office is start to volunteer in your community and join a board a commission um, go to the school board meetings go to the city council meetings start to listen understand what the issues are start to have critical conversations and get used to having debate over matters so that you get good at that before you're on the debate stage in a you know running for office but it's a it's an amazing experience i encourage every american to try it um, at least once and encourage your children to get involved in school politics and to learn to debate learn to speak publicly learn to understand policy issues and how our government works. One of the most dramatic things that was in front of me during the campaign was how little people know about how Congress is set up, how our government works at the local level, at the federal level, and what the difference is in the different offices. Our kids haven't learned civics for many, many years. So you could start by teaching your kids and your grandkids, the kids around you, some simple civics lessons. Ben Carson has an amazing platform called Little Patriots that I love, that's super easy and simple to use and, and have your kids um, watch and walk through. And of course, the Rush Limbaugh books. And um, there's just some amazing resources for kids to teach them civics. But most kids don't know anything about how the government works, so that's a good place to start. Most people don't know how the government works, so that's a good place to start. Yeah. And then as far as um, what with the other question was, what, what would I um, do differently? I answered a little bit on the principles, but I didn't, I underestimated 
the ability to outwork my opponent. My opponent was very wealthy, like worth half a billion dollars. And he, of course, he put tens of millions in. I thought we could outwork him. I'm a hard worker. I'm never shied away from that. And so I was naive and thought, you know, even if we can't raise $30 million, we can we can rally and we can outwork him, outdoor knock. But there's nothing like the last couple of weeks of a campaign when tens of millions of dollars of ads barrage down on everybody. And that's when people usually pay attention. So don't underestimate the value of fundraising and having resources to get your message out there. Excellent. Uh, thank you so much for that question, Alex. That was really, uh, really good. You know, speaking of elections and everything, uh, so this is an off year, right? Uh, 2023 congressional elections and president and everything will be next year. But in many states across America, including Colorado, this year we have school board elections, local municipal elections, and that kind of thing. How important are those, Heidi, for the future of our country that, that people get involved at the local level? Nothing is more important than our school board elections. I mean, it, it's the last stand. And we are in a battle for our children right now. And the teachers unions are just taking it to the streets. Like it's hand-to-hand -hand combat. They want our children. They want their hearts, their souls. They don't want to do the right things for families or parents. So we have to fight back. And the most important way we can do that is to get good people elected to our school boards. So please reach out to your local party in your state, like the Republican Party, ask who's running, how you can help. They're, they're typically nonpartisan, but they are partisan. So you're gonna be able to know who's running on what basis. And then go to your school board meetings and you usually get two minutes to speak. Watch some of the speeches parents have done around the country. They're really bold and brave and just go for it. Get up and start speaking. Speak at every single meeting if you can and bring five of your friends. A friend of mine is starting a group called Grandparents for Kids here in Colorado. And one of the first things she did was recruit seven or 10 grandparents to go to a school board meeting and kind of get their chops and speak. And now they're on fire. They're amazing. They're, they're warriors and they're gonna be doing this all the time. So that's one of the most important races um, in this country right now. And um, it, we need your help. We need everybody. Even if you don't have kids, go to the school board meetings and speak up. It's everything right now. Yeah, you know, school boards, that's uh, the schools. That's where the next generation is. They're in the schools. And it, whoever con uh, controls what goes into the minds and hearts of these kids is going to affect uh, the future of our nation and of our world. And it's just can't be overstated the, the importance of that. You know, right here in little old Woodland Park, Colorado, you know, a town of 8,000 people. This tells you how intensely the unions are fighting. They, they uh, contacted NBC News a few weeks ago and, and told NBC News about the conservative school board here and how they were adopting a pro-America uh, history uh, curriculum and things, you know, how outrageous. And so NBC News comes out here to Woodland, Colorado to do an expose. And turns out the people of this city turned out in droves to the school board meeting and, and uh, were expressing their support for the direction of this school board. And it turned out for the liberals to be a nothing burger. But, uh, but you know, it's amazing. This is, a, this is a really, really big fight and we all need to get engaged. We've got another caller on the line here, Heidi. I I'd like to go to her. This is uh, Donna is calling in from Texas. And uh, Donna, you are on the line now. Thanks for calling. What's your question for Heidi Ganahl? Hi, 
um, when you were talking about how they were putting the flyers out with saying you want to put women in jail, I thought, and I might be thinking of days gone long by, but I thought it was against like a law for them to out and out lie about an opponent to say something that is absolutely not true. Yeah, Donna, you'd think that would be how it is, and it should be, but um, we have to have um, Republican DAs or any DAs that have the kahunas to, you know, go to that battle. And unfortunately, um, we have a media that lies as well. And as you know, even if politicians don't do the right thing, no one's being held accountable these days. It's so terrible. Mm -hmm. um, it just shocks me how little accountability there is for our leaders um, right now, especially politicians. And it breaks my heart. It's teaching our kids horrible lessons. Um, I don't know if you saw the uh, the movie Sound of Freedom yet, but it sure um, left my heart feeling it just in pain about what's going on. And the attacks on this movie by the media and politicians, um, that's an example how, like, we should all be against child trafficking, right? Right. And all of a sudden, it's um, all this misinformation about the movie and how it, it was teed up. And, and it's just the movie's pretty pure, but they um, they're lying about the movie and the actors and no one's holding these people accountable. And a beautiful movie is being tainted by the corporate media and some of the, the liberal politicians that don't want this to be an issue, which I don't understand why it's mm. But that's an, uh, an extreme example of how disinformation and lies is affecting a really, really important movement in this country right now. You know, we went to see the movie over the weekend, and um, I agree 100% with what you're saying. There's nothing political about the movie. It doesn't talk about politics or even imply politics. All it is about is kids that are being abducted and, and trafficked uh, sexually and the, the connection between that and uh, you know, child pornography and stuff, but there's nothing political about it. It is deeply moving, deeply disturbing. Why anyone, even a radical liberal, would come out against this movie is there's there's it's inexplicable unless there's only one reason I know of, and that would be is if if there are powers that be that are afraid about where this is going to lead, that if people get upset enough and and the government starts looking into this, that they might uncover stuff that certain people don't want to be exposed. And I hate to say that, but uh, but I think it needs to be said. And um, I think time will tell. But um, Donna, thanks for calling in. That was a, a yeah, good question. You know, we believe in freedom of speech in America. And because of that, political speech above everything else has the highest level of protection uh, in our nation. So you can't you can't uh, do much about um, political speech uh, unless someone is lying maliciously uh, about another person. And uh, and even then, by the time in a situation like a last two weeks of a campaign, to get that turned around from through law enforcement uh, can be really challenging. Uh, that's why we all need to get involved. Heidi, I'm just curious about something. What do you? Where do you go for your news? What are your favorite sources? A lot of people ask me that all the time. What would you share with people? <laughs> Well, I typically get my news from certain people or influencers that have podcasts or are on Twitter. Um, since Elon Musk bought Twitter, I'm much more confident in my ability to kind of uh, navigate that platform and trust some of the news that comes out on it. But um, I really have gotten to know 
a lot of influencers and, and people who um, put news out during the campaign that I trust and I listen to and I pay attention to. So I think it's a very personal thing. Like you have to decide who you mm -hmm. want to listen to and who, especially when you don't have a lot of time to sit around and listen to news all day. It's like, who do I know if I spend 20 minutes listening to, I can trust and believe that they're, what they're putting out is right or appropriate or truthful even. So I think it's a, it's, um, it's a very personal thing and you've got to experiment a little bit. Um, I do love that Robert uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. is in the um, in the election now. He came to see you Boulder. We had him come and debate Alex Epstein on the moral case for fossil fuels. Um, it was one of my projects I put together up there. And even though I don't agree with him on a lot of things, he's really um, creating an environment where we have to talk about some of these things, like the vaccines. And the Democrats would not allow that to happen. I don't think. Uh, I don't think he'll win the nomination, but I think he's bringing an element of truth and element of debate and element of um, curiosity into the election, the presidential election that is welcome. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you totally. I heard uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. speak uh, at an event that I was at and he was talking about um, his, how he came to learn about the true what was really going on with the vaccines and became out, outspoken against them and the corruption that's involved in all of that. His big thing is, you know, um, uh, accountability in government and, uh, you know, getting the corruption out of it, which is unusual for a Democrat. So it is really refreshing. Um, but, you know, he is the what, what is he, the, the son of Robert Kennedy, so the nephew of John F. Kennedy. And um, you don't get much better Democrat uh, credentials than that. So they have a hard time, you know, laying into the guy. So uh, I wouldn't vote for him, but but it's great to see that uh, that happening on the on the left side of the aisle there. So we've got about two minutes left, uh, Heidi, before our next break. I want our viewers to know that you actually have a podcast of your own uh, and that they need to be tuning into that um, uh, every how often do you do it? Is it daily or weekly or what? And how can people find you? So I do it every Thursday, typically, and then we have some bonus episodes here and there. It's called Unleashed with Heidi Ganahl. And I really wanted to tell the truth about what happens in elections, in politics. I learned so much on the campaign trail, and it was not all good. And mm. I was shocked at the things that most voters don't know about what happens in an election or just in politics and bureaucracy in our state and in America. And so I thought every week I'm gonna come on and tackle a subject and just tell what truth I learned about that topic and interview great people about that as well. And um, so this week we're doing um, an expose on the Democrats and the dark money in Colorado and how the money funnels around and, and they spend so much money. And next week we're gonna talk about our own party. Republicans and talk about how we can do better. And last week I did um, a deep dive on Jared Polis and his shady past and uh, that he's um, part of the World Economic Forum, a global young leader. And uh, he's basically a globalist and he, he wants to transform our state as an experiment to do it to the rest of the country and we've got to stop him. Wow, that's, uh, that's amazing. Um, so Jared Polis, uh, was behind a proposal that didn't get come into law, but almost it was very close uh, recently 
to restrict new home construction across the state of Colorado to what? Something like a 15 mile radius or something in a city. I mean, some really draconian stuff there that is coming straight down from World Economic Forum. Did you, did you track that at all? Did you? you oh, you know I did. I did a podcast about it. Um, I can't remember what number it is, but if you go on and search through the podcast, we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Rumble and YouTube. Um, it's called 15 Minute Cities, and they want everybody living in a 15 minute pocket so they could turn off your electricity. They could um, keep you out of your car. You don't have to drive anywhere now. It's really goes back to um, the climate change issue and uh, you know the, the theory that they want to reduce the population, et cetera. It's, it's pretty spooky, but you can check it out the, on our podcast or just Google 15 Minute Cities and the World Economic Forum, and there's a lot out there. Yeah, so Jared Polis, governor of Colorado, is not the sort of nice, benevolent uh, leader that uh, he has portrayed himself to be. And I want to pick that up next time or uh, after this break that's coming up and we'll talk a little bit more. So we're we're on our next break here. It's going to be about 90 seconds and we'll be right back with Heidi Ganahl here on the Truth and Liberty live calling show. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. The moment you believe your healing is done and it's just a matter of time until whatever the symptoms are, are gone. You observe what Jesus did and try in your mind and say, I'm making a judgment that Jesus paid the price for me. We focus on what the doctors can do for us more than what God can do for us. Say, God is my healer, not the doctor. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Okay, well, we're back now after the break with Heidi Ganahl here on the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. So glad all of you are watching today. I wanted to remind you that you can call in with your questions and comments today, not just on the stuff we're talking about, but on any Bible subject or culture issue that's on your heart or mind today. So 719-619-2341 is the number. Also, if you uh, need prayer today, uh, Andrew Womack Ministries has a 24-7-365 prayer uh, phone center where you can call in and and Word of God trained, Spirit-filled prayer ministers are standing by to take your call. And that number is 719-635-1111. And I got to tell you, folks, miracles come out of that phone center every single day. People are finding Christ, finding deliverance, finding peace, uh, getting answers to their needs by the help of the Holy Spirit and, and these amazing uh, uh, men and women that work in our phone center. So take advantage of that resource today. Well, as I said, we're here with Heidi Ganahl and we've been talking about all sorts of things, politics, and uh, we left off talking about 
uh, Governor Jared Polis here in Colorado. Uh, he's now in his second term. Uh, he'll be term limited out this time around, but a lot of people uh, are beginning to talk about where Polis is going to go from here. He was a United States congressman for, I don't know, two or three terms. I'm not sure how many, maybe four, um, and is a billionaire in his own right. People don't know this, but he's got loads and loads of money and he's using it to advance the most radical, progressive Marxist agenda that you can imagine. Heidi, what have you learned about uh, Jared Polis that people need to know? Well, I think the most important thing to know about Jared Polis is that he's not who he says he is. He tries to make himself uh, seem very libertarian, very freedom-loving, um, you know, very cool and kind of edgy and all about the people when nothing could be further than the truth. He wants to um, put an agenda of um, control and power and lots of money into place that they can duplicate around the country. And as I spoke a little bit earlier about the blueprint here in Colorado started 20 years ago, four billionaires got together and decided to transform our state. And what that means right now is that we are an abortion tourism state, we're a trans tourism state. We are going barreling towards all renewable energy by, he keeps changing it, 2030 or 2040. Our ag industry is being destroyed across rural Colorado because they don't believe we should be eating meat. It's just, it's just terrible what's happening to our beautiful state. And this is very intentional. It's a very intentional model they've put together and are implementing, and they want to start doing this in other states around the country. And so part of my, my um, mission with this podcast that I do, Unleashed, is to wake up other red and purple states to what's coming for them. This is not going to stop at the borders of Colorado. It is heading right for them. And it is to completely transform America. If you read about the World Economic Forum and the 2030 Agenda, it's all laid out right there for us on their website, what they're up to. And it's not good. It's not at all what America is about. It's not about individual freedoms and liberties. It's not about Christian conservative values at all. It's about very dark, a dark path towards socialism and a dark path towards tearing families apart, destroying faith, and making Colorado very similar to California at this point, which I mean, I, I don't think I don't think a lot of people understand how far down that path we are right now. Yeah. Like you said, you can't even go to a baseball game anymore in Denver without having to walk through homeless camps and drug dens. I mean, it's it's just incredible uh, what's happened uh, in this state as the Rush Limbaugh used to say liberals ruin everything. I, <laughs> I don't want to say liberals ruin everything, but I will say that liberal thinking and liberal philosophy, and by that I mean modern liberalism, progressive Marxist stuff, it does ruin everything. It ruins everything it touches because it's not from the Lord. It's not based in truth. It's based in the will of man, socialist Marxist power, and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's tyranny everywhere it goes. It ruins lives, ruins everything that we love. And uh, we need to get educated and stand up against this stuff. Well, Heidi, we've got a couple callers on the line. I'd love to give them a chance to ask you questions. So uh, if you're okay with that, next we're gonna go to Iona from Texas. And Iona, my notes here on my screen say that you are an Andrew Womack Ministries partner. We really appreciate that. And that you are 92 years old. So congratulations on uh, 
your successful journey on this planet for 92 years. <laughs> What's your question today? Okay, I'm wondering if Heidi has intercessors that are around her, or if she would, if she could um, possibly get from her church uh, women that understand where she's, what she's for, and in, and uh, ask them to be able to pray for her every day. Yes. Oh, I, I need more and more. I have a wonderful group of prayer warriors that stuck with me during the campaign, and I have a faith advisory uh, committee of pastors who were amazing. Um, but I will take all the help I can get. You can literally feel the evil when you're in politics and fighting these battles. It's just, it's very dark. It's very scary, especially when you have a family or children or a business and you try and enter these waters. And um, many people have told me now, like, okay, now that you ran, like, can you just back off and, and not be engaged in politics? It's so much safer. I just don't wanna worry about you as much. And I, I just can't, I feel called to continue this battle. And I, I trust that God and my intercessors, my prayer warriors will protect my children and my family, my business, et cetera. But um, if, I, I keep going back to, if I don't do it, who will? If we don't do it, who will? And God created my story, my journey to this point in my life um, to become, to come fearless. I've gone through so much in my life, whether it was losing my first husband in a plane crash when I was 27 or um, having a brain tumor and brain surgery three years ago, um, just so many ups and downs. And I think he fortified me and gave me this sense of being protected by him to be able to do this. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, um, you know, I was thinking earlier in the show, I didn't say anything, but I was thinking about prayer and how important it is uh, for us to pray for our country, uh, pray that these things get turned around and, uh, you know, pray for the people like Heidi who are in the fray, who are running for office. Um, this is our responsibility too, because in the end, uh, this is too big for any one of us and only God is gonna be able to do this. So Iona, thank you so much for your wonderful question today. Next, I'd like to go to Kim uh, from Colorado who's on the line. Uh, Kim, thank you for calling in. What's your question today? Um, well, first of all, Richard, I just want to say, go Pokes. And, uh, yes, second go Pokes. I, uh, <laughs> um, I, I'm a, a mom. I grew up and uh, went to school in, Mon in a charter school, and it was very, very positive. Um, but my question, I have two questions. One is, how do you feel about the new mayor? in uh, Colorado Springs and how that will, do you think it'll change the Colorado uh, political, uh, you know, that, you know, the foundation of it or whatever from here. And the other question that um, during this last election and the previous election was how come, as I kept talking with people, how come nobody really knew about Polis' background? Um, it just seems like it was just, it's always such a uh, conversation that you would think people would want to discuss without being gossipy, um, but just for facts. And it just seems like people really, nobody knew. Nobody knew about the first issues and then the second issues. And, you know, why is that? 
Go ahead, Heidi. Yeah, thanks for the question, Kim. That, those are two really good questions. Um, on Polis, I was shocked at what people perceive Polis to be out on the ground versus what he is. And a lot of it's just advertising and marketing. And he's a, he's a brilliant politician, I'll give him that. And he's very slippery and he has the ability to um, pay for a lot of brand building to make people believe what he wants them to believe about them. And so that's where money and politics comes into play, right? Money and messaging. And he has a media in Colorado that completely supports that. They just treat him with kid gloves. They never ask him any tough questions. There are so many um, travesties in his governorship over the last five years, one of which was COVID when um, he bought $90 million worth of bad testing kits from a 25-year-old entrepreneur and put him in nursing homes. And we had a horrible rash of deaths in nursing homes because of that. And the media did nothing. Colorado Public Radio, I'll give them this, did uh, an expose on it. And then no other media would talk about it ever again. And it was so corrupt and so bad, and it caused so many deaths in nursing homes. I was shocked that it didn't get picked up. And there's example after example after example of that with Polis. So I think it's a combination of his money, his ability to buy ads and, and to craft his image the way he wants it to. Also, people are terrified of him, even in his own party, because he will prime, he's he's vicious politician. He will tell somebody if they're gonna go against a bill that he will primary them, no, no questions asked. And so everyone's terrified of him, even in his own party. And then the third thing is, is that um, people don't pay attention. They don't really pay attention. It's hard stuff, right? To pay attention to politics and really dig in and understand it. And so they wait till the last minute, they see a fluffy ad on the TV that makes them look great holding a puppy dog and they see the negative ads against me. And they're like, oh, this is a no brainer. So it's really unfortunate. And I think that's gonna continue until we level the playing field with the media and with um, the money and the ability to push back on the messaging that they put out. On Yemi, um, I have not met Yemi. I don't know him well, but I do know some people that do, and they say he's a good man and very committed to his family and his community. We probably don't agree on a lot of issues um, as far as policy and, um, you know, I don't know how he feels about some of the social issues, but he is very entrenched in the business community in Colorado Springs. So I'm going to stay hopeful. I haven't seen any reason not to be yet, but um, I think a lot of the, the work done in the local government is done at the city council and the county commissioner level, and also at the school board level. So I would say pay attention to those groups too, um, because the mayor doesn't necessarily have a lot of control as far as policy goes. So. It remains to be seen, but I was as shocked as anybody that um, the things went they, the way they did in Colorado Springs in the election. Um, but uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for that. I did want to jump in. I think that's a great answer on Polis, and I appreciate that. I did a letter uh, to churches about Yemi, and I'm afraid my, my assessment of him is a little more um, probably pessimistic, Heidi. I, um, there, was, uh, there were video clips that emerged of him uh, going to Democrat party meetings and promising them uh, that he was going to fly the LGBT flag over the city hall, that he was pro-LGBT, uh, and not only that, that he believed in um, a strict separation of church and state, um, like you know, totally keeping faith out of uh, politics in every way, um, and it's just contrary to everything we believe. And I think, I think uh, that we need to be very careful about Yemi, the governor of Colorado Springs, and, and believers across El Paso County, across Colorado Springs, now's the time 
to step up, get informed, get involved. Uh, I think something got slipped uh, past us in that last election, and we need to keep our eye on what's going on down there at City Hall and get involved. So um, I hope I'm wrong on all that. Hey, next I want to go to Elizabeth, who's also from Colorado, and uh, you're on the line. Elizabeth, what's your question for Heidi Ganahl today? Hello. Hi. So, so my question is, I hear a lot of people who are either in politics or have run for politics um, really encourage people to get involved, right? But there's always an emphasis on the church and for pastors. Um, so my question is, what are they seeing um, that really puts the emphasis on we need God? Basically, that's what they're saying is when they're saying we need the church to be involved. What is it that they're experiencing that they're saying we need the church specifically to get involved? Well, I think part of it is the darkness that goes on behind the scenes in politics. It is nasty business and it is mean and it is it's just um, void of hope and um commitment to values and uh it's it's just shocking to me how bad it is behind the scenes so i think that's why when you see us politicians say boy do we need god in politics boy do we need prayer boy do we need pastors to stand up um and it feels like now is a turning point where um let me say this eric metaxas wrote a book called letter to the american church and he it's a wonderful book and it talks about the comparison to now versus uh to back to when um nazi germany happened and, and hitler was rising and the churches there were eighteen thousand pastors across germany i think is the right number and three thousand stood with hitler three thousand stood against hitler and the rest the middle the twelve thousand stayed quiet and if they had stood up and fought back and said something and gone to battle spiritually, perhaps what happened wouldn't have happened. And Eric's point is, now is the time for churches to stand up and defend their faith, defend our values, encourage their congregations to do so. Nationally right now, a third of Christians do not typically vote. A third, one third. Now, we just talked earlier about the Colorado statistics. 64% of Colorado voters consider themselves Christians. There's 4.4 million registered voters. If 64% voted their Christian values, that's 2.8 million of the 4.4 million would vote our way. That, that means we win every election. That means we're not seeing some of the stuff we see in schools. That means we're not passing legislation to abort or kill a baby at birth. That means we're not um, allowing socialism to creep into our society. It means we're not built growing bureaucracy to control our lives. So elections truly do have consequences, especially for churchgoers. As you see what happened with Lori with 303 and, um, and Jack with Masterpiece, it really does affect lives. And so it's go time. It's go time for everybody, not just the churches. All right, thank you for your question, Elizabeth. That's a, that was an awesome answer, Heidi, greatly appreciated. Um, we're here on Truth and Liberty. We've got a few minutes left in our show. And if you have a question for Heidi Ganahl, go ahead and call in to our phone line at 719-619-2341. Also folks, before, uh, so I don't forget, I wanna remind you again to check out Heidi's podcast called Unleashed. Um, you can find it on Spotify and other places where, uh, where you can do uh, podcasts and stuff. And so uh, I'm sure it's an awesome show. And Heidi, I'm, I'm uh, excited about 
about the future. I think that America is turning around and uh, there are so many people, even here in Colorado, that um, you know, are dedicated patriots and they are not giving up and we're still in this thing. And I think, uh, you know, as people begin to see circumstances and stuff deteriorate, radical things happening in their schools, kids coming home with, you know, graphic curriculum and all this other kind of crazy nonsense that eyes are opening, you know, and people are beginning to wake up and pay attention. Uh, are you optimistic about our future and what's your, what's your message to people today? I'm worried, but I'm optimistic. I'm worried <laughs> because I don't see people um, realizing the extent to which our country is under attack and our families are under attack. And a lot of folks are naive. I get it. It is hard stuff. It's hard to process. It's hard to think through. Um, and it's easier just to bury ourselves in our day-to-day -day activities. But I can't emphasize enough how important it is to, to get engaged and involved right now. If you have kids, start volunteering your kids' classroom, go to the school board meetings, join mom's groups. Um, if you don't have kids or you're not, that's not your issue, get involved in whatever issue it is that you're passionate about. Right now, Colorado has one of the worst drug issues in the country, whether it's fentanyl or marijuana or um, heroin, you name it. It's destroying our communities. There's an, that's another way you can get involved and educate um, children on the dangers of drugs. There's so many ways people can get get involved and um, speak up for what's happening. So, I guess that's my. It, it's a sense of urgency. We just need a sense of urgency right now and clarity. And I'm happy to have conversations with any of your listeners about how they can help and get engaged, involved. Just ping me on social media, all my different platforms. It's at Heidi Ganahl. And we try and keep up with the messages every day or feel free to, um, you know, listen to the podcast and provide comment back. But um, I truly believe now is time is the time to um, turn our country back towards family and values and faith yeah. and the things that founded America that are so amazing. That's right. Well, um, so Heidi, you have your record, your career, your life is is pretty remarkable, pretty inspirational as you have overcome so much. And, you know, the entrepreneur part of starting these businesses, you've launched foundations, you've stepped into politics. I'm curious if you could share a little bit about how do you find the courage and the boldness to do these kinds of things? Uh, how, you know, isn't it a little bit intimidating to step out there like that and, you know, take the bullets, if you will, in the public arena and risk you know, your your finances and everything else to start a business. What's your, how do you find the strength to do these things? Well, through God first, <laughs> you know, I get on my knees every day and say, put me in the right places, give me the right words, show me what you want me to do. And then my two grandfathers were amazing men who both fought for our country were very involved in the fight for America and instilled in me a love of country and a love of, um, you know, just what our country represents to the rest of the world. And I think that um, America was a gift from God and it's up to us to fight to keep it and preserve it and turn it back on its right course. And that's why I do it. I'm so passionate about what America stands for and 
what it represents to the rest of the world. If America's not okay, the rest of the world isn't okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm also so passionate about our children and my children, and I want all of them to have the same opportunity that I did. I've had such an amazing life and been so blessed to grow up in monuments and have an amazing family and you know a business success, a great education. Every child in America should have, every child in the world should have that. Um, but we we've got to fight for it. It's not gonna it's not it's not gonna stay here if we don't if we don't um, raise our hand and do something to keep it. Well, you know the the results last year at the ballot box didn't turn out the way we wanted. But you know you didn't just like uh, go into hiding and you know severe depression for you know Maybe five for a couple years. Months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gave you a little bit of time to lick your wounds, you know. But I mean, where do you find the 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 faith and the strength to stand back up and to say, you know what, I lost, but I'm not quitting, I'm not giving up. Um, where do you go for that kind of resolve, you know? I mean, not gonna lie, it was really hard. Um, and I've been through, like I said earlier, a lot in my life, a lot of tragedy. And this was really discouraging and sad, mostly because I so want our country and our state to to turn around and be on a great path again for our children and my grandchildren. And so I feel I felt like I let them down and I because I, I couldn't get it done. And so at the end of the day, I just prayed a lot about it and had conversations with God. Like you called me to do this. What's the purpose? Like what what does this mean? Where am I supposed to go from here? And I heard a couple things um, through my prayers. One was that we've got to give families different options in the schools. Like the schools are where a lot of this is starting and coming from. And number two, that, um, that getting knocked down is part of my story. I even did a TED talk about the art of the comeback and the art of the comeback in my TED talk is to give back. And so I had to take my own advice and get up out of bed and start giving back again and being of service and honoring my faith and that it would figure itself out. And I think that's starting to happen. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. And um, so as people are listening today and they're they're wondering, you know, they're asking themselves the question, what can I do? You know, maybe we've got grandmas, maybe we've got moms, uh, maybe there's young men watching or whatever, you know, and 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 they're like, well, I can't run for governor. Uh, you know, I don't want to be a board of regents. I'm not a, an entrepreneur. Um, what's your counsel to them? How does someone begin to find uh, what their path is and how they can make a positive difference? Well, start by finding, like following your passion. What, what mm -hmm. are you passionate about? Like for me, it was education and entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what led me on the path to politics. Um, and then find people, like-minded people who share your passion and share your beliefs, whether it's through a group, a church, a club, a friendship. And then um, learn as much as you can about the issues, the policy issues. Um, don't just see, believe what you see in the news. Really talk to experts, do a deep dive, get to know what policy you care about. And then ask some people that you respect um, that could mentor you or help you figure out how to follow that path, whether it's politics or um, you know nonprofits, whatever. Um, don't be afraid to ask people to go to for, for a cup of coffee or to hop on a phone call. I do it all the time, and people are like, I can't believe you took the time. And I'm like, wait a minute, uh, you know, we're all in this together. We're a mm -hmm. community, and um, we've got to help each other. And everybody has different talents and different amount of time and different treasures that they can share. So do what you can. Uh, don't overwhelm yourself. Take one step forward every day. Um, and I loved. Um, 
gosh, I can't remember the pastor Craig um, with Life Church. Yeah, Craig um, Rochelle. Power of Change. He's yeah. my former pastor. He used to be my pastor. Are you kidding? In no, no, yeah. Well, I just saw him speak at Red Rocks last weekend. He talks about training versus trying. And you've got to train, you've got to be specific, you've got to set a goal, like what you want to accomplish, and then you've got to train yourself every day to do things differently rather than just say, I'm going to try. I loved that message, and I think that's really valid. And I think his book, I'm really excited to read it and uh, learn more about his message. But he was a firecracker. I loved him, his Craig, talk. Craig's a great leader and a great teacher. Uh, really enjoyed our time at Life Church. Well, uh, we've got another caller coming in. We've got a few minutes left on the show. Let's go to Peggy. Uh, who's on the line. Peggy, what's your question for Heidi? Well, I really don't have a question, but God bless you, Heidi. And um, God is your strength, and you're doing amazing things. But I was just wanting to say about the news. What about Flashpoint and Victory News for reliable um, news? Yeah, I Heidi, think, you yeah, familiar go with ahead, them? Richard, go, go. No, no, I was asking you, are you familiar with them? I've heard of it. I don't follow, but I should, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, Flash, uh, Flashpoint and Victory News, I think, are the a product of Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And so they um, they are coming at, at things from a conservative Christian perspective. So uh, I think that it's a great resource among many others and that uh, folks ought to check that out. I, I think they are on quite a bit and they they bring a lot of good guests on there, including uh, a lot of folks that we work with here at Truth and Liberty. So, uh, so people should check that out. Well, Heidi, I've got one more question. Thanks, Peggy, for your question. I've got one more for you today. We can't let the show end without allowing you to tell folks about your husband, Jason, and his business. Uh, your bio that I've got says he's like the best barbecue chef in America. What is Jason doing these days? Oh, yes, he is. Um, although it's hard to get him to cook at home these days because he's so busy growing his barbecue restaurants. But he has three restaurants up here in, in uh, Denver Metro area called GQ Barbecue, and it's delicious. And he has a really active YouTube channel where he teaches people how to backyard barbecue and a great Instagram channel with lots of amazing pictures of good meat on there. But um, it's a labor of love for him. He grew up in St. Louis. He's always been a foodie, and um, he's super passionate, not just about barbecue, barbecue, but about helping people achieve their dreams too. And that's part of the reason we're together is we're so passionate about the American dream. So he also has a uh, places at Broncos stadium and buff stadium. So if you're at a game, check out the ribs or the pork, uh, pulled pork nachos, I think at the stadium, oh. but uh, yeah, it's my favorite. Making my mouth water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's put Heidi's website up one more time. Uh, guys, I think it's Heidi or .org, where you can yep. learn more about what she's doing today, probably find her podcast. And uh, Heidi, I just want to thank you for coming on the program. We've got a couple minutes left. So uh, let me just remind people about the Truth and Liberty Conference, September 7, 8, and 9. Uh, register today. It's a free conference. You will have to pay for your uh, lunch, I think, on Friday if you want to eat on campus. Uh, but it's going to be an amazing event where you're going to get uh, refired and connected and uh, inspired. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. So check that out. And Heidi, do you have any closing comments or thoughts for our viewers today? 
I just want to encourage everyone to step forward with faith and with hope and know that we were created for a time as this. We're all at, at this moment in time for a reason and God believes in us. He believes in our ability to protect America and help it go forward and be a shining light on the hill for many, many um, decades to come. So I know that we're in a battle right now, but have hope and faith that we're going to come out of this. Our kids are going to come out of this and America will be better because of it. And I think a lot of people are going to return to their faith because of the hard times we're going through right now. Oh man, I love it. Amen and amen to that. I think I think that's 100% true. And um, you know, at the most recent uh, Summer Family Bible Conference, folks, you're going to want to watch the the videos on this one. Andrew Walmack received a word from the Lord as he was uh, worshiping God, and we were celebrating the 247th anniversary of America. The Lord told him that the, uh, by the time of the 250th anniversary of our nation, uh, that uh, well, I'll, I'll let you watch it, and I don't want to misstate it but that um, uh, people were going to understand uh, what has happened to our country and what the, what the path is uh, uh, to get back uh, our nation. So um, it, it was a really awesome word. So guys, thanks for watching the Truth and Liberty uh, live call-in show today. It's been really an honor and a treat for me to have Heidi Ganahl as our guest. I encourage you to listen to her podcast and check out her website and, and uh, prayerfully go to God today, guys. Go to God and ask Him what He would have you to do. What is the next step in your journey to be a world changer. And I promise you, he will answer that prayer. And we will see you again tomorrow on the next installment of the Truth and Liberty live call-in show. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.